Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the program that takes wellbeing research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan and today we're talking about wellbeing models that are created in response to the needs of the people using them. My guest today is Wiramu Gray. Wiramu is a school counsellor and wellbeing facilitator from Otatahi Christchurch who developed the Te Whare Mariora wellbeing model in 2017. Wiramu, who's from Naitahuiwi, developed the model particularly to offer a mana-enhancing approach for Māori students. He describes the model as an integration of positive psychology, Māori methodology, bicultural understanding, rangatahi or youth voices, and his own life story. Kia ora, Wiramu. We are delighted to have you with us. Welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Um, so, Wiramu, to start us off, tell us, maybe tell us a, b- a little bit about your experience of well-being in school, um, both as a student yourself and as a counsellor in schools. How's that been, especially for yeah. Māori students? That's right. So I'll talk about cultural engagement. And so, for me, growing up, I, I actually remember my my first year at school, and I went to a primary school, which was Catholic. And I can remember being in church and the priest saying that we're all brothers and sisters. And I could just remember looking around the church, saying to myself, how come I don't feel like that? Like, people don't treat me like that. So from, from the early stage in life, I, I felt quite alienated. And, um, and growing up in the community, I had times where I felt like I was treated differently to others. But, you know, the police, I, I was arrested, and lots of different things happened when I was young. And, you know, I just felt like I was treated differently because I was Māori. Um, and so, you know, for school, I didn't really see anything that connected me to my culture. Um, it wasn't until high school later that I, I did Māori class, and it was probably in Māori class where I felt like I could be Māori, and it was just that one class in the day. The rest of the day, you're kind of in survival mode, if that kind of makes sense. And so, because of this engagement, it really affected my well-being. And I didn't feel good about myself. And so, you know, it had, it had a huge impact on, on me. Mm. Um, and as a counsellor, I, I was amazed, as a counsellor, hearing the stories that are quite similar to my own from the students. And, you know, that um, cultural identity is really important. And so that's why, you know, I'm quite passionate about it. I love hearing what you're saying, that thing of how important it is to us to feel that sense of this is a place for me. This this place is designed for and meant for people like me. And there's so many different signals and signs that we pick up when we go into a place that let us know whether or not we can feel um, safe, looked after, like we belong, yeah. And so, thank you for that, and you're so right. 
I mean, my life, I felt that way. I felt like, geez, I'm, I'm indigenous to this country, but I don't feel like I belong in my own country. Yeah. Um, and then going to school, I kind of, I felt sorry for some of my teachers because I felt like they were going to be on the back foot with me because of Harold felt like I was being treated in the community. And so when I was being, you know, naughty, um, and the teacher rightfully would tell me off, straight away I'd probably go straight to the conclusion that they probably don't like me because of my culture. Yeah. Um, in fact, but it was just that hyper-vigilance that I always carried. Yeah. And so... With you were saying that when you you know that was your experience as a student, and then when you went into schools as a counselor, you saw that students were still having very similar experiences. So, how did you come? You know, tell us about how you decided to create the Mariora model. Um, how, how what was that process and journey like? Yeah, I think pulling on you know, my own life experiences. And then hearing from the students and hearing that the similar stories, I thought, gee, there's a real need that um, the young people are here. I've got a real passion for a, a young Wangatai. I've got a, I've got a love for you. And um, it was hard for me, too, because I don't like to be at the front. I don't like to be seen. Okay. I, um, but it was, you know, I keep thinking to myself, something needs to happen. You know, something yeah. needs to change. And that's what really encouraged me to, to, to look at this model. And I guess... The thing here, Wiramu, that that I think it's really worthwhile kind of us pausing and and saying very explicitly is that um, for you, what was profoundly helpful was the Maori class and beyond where you were able to really connect with your culture. Yeah, that's right. And so wanting to to offer that to others. Yeah. One thing I found, so I went a few years ago, we had it was a Maori teacher who took his life secondary school here in Christchurch and I, I knew the teacher but I was also asked to come in and to work with the young students and um, what I was amazed by was how many of those young students because when I came, went in and, and I did an assessment for suicide vulnerability and I was amazed how many of them felt good in themselves you know they all had a future they all knew where they were going and they, mm-hmm. they were very resilient and so I felt really happy that they were going to be okay for the beginning of this group and then it made me think that we need more of us, you know, we need more young people feeling good about themselves and feeling good about the culture. So tell us about how you, you know, with that goal in mind, how did you how did you come to develop the model that you have created? Yeah, so I did some studies years ago um, on different cultural modalities and in my work I've really liked Tifari Tapafa um Professor Mason Jury's model. I like how it's simplistic, easy to understand, and I think it's one of the most effective models, and partly, partly because it's easy for Māori and non-Māori to understand and to apply. So I thought to myself, it only makes sense to use this. And uh, I, I really like the positive psychology um, models that were coming through with the likes of Perma. So if I took a far in Perma, and then I, I thought of what makes people happy so that the seven uh, positive habits that create happiness and um, part of it, five ways of well-being. Um, it was all, all part of it. So what, what I liked about the focus of far was it looks at the four corner posts of well-being and bring balance 
what I like about positive psychology is actually you can have that balance but you can actually go further. You can actually go from feeling good in yourself to actually feeling fantastic. So it's not from a deficit phase, it's not from you know, traditional when someone's feeling down, we get them to feel okay. That's what I really love about positive psychology. Mm-hmm. It's a great collaboration between them. And it's indigenous, you know, that, that has that extra factor too that um, mm-hmm. Young Maori and Pacific can see themselves in the intelligence and cultures and really understand the way to it. So for for people who are listening, describe your model. I'm here moving my hands, making pillars with my hands. Um, describe your model to us. Tell us about the different pillars, the the roof, the floor. Yeah. So I'll briefly describe it. So the foundation, which we start with, it relates to Papa Kuanuku, our earth mother, and that's all about our connection. Um, in the Māori world, we, we are connected to the environment. Now, we are the land, the land, the land is art. And so we started off with the foundation of being topical and earth mother. And what I like about positive psychology is that, you know, that gratitude is so important. You need to think of things that you're both feeling like, and it helps our well-being. So that's where the gratitude sits. And then we've got the four pillars that, that sit in the, in the foundation. Um, We've got the, the wairua, the spiritual. We've got the mental, the hirinaro. We've got the body, the tenana. And we've got the whānau, the family. And we know with the family how important being connected and how, how relationships are key for resiliency. And so, you know, having that family part, it talks about what our relationships are like. Who do we look towards? Um, who are we following? You know, when you think about a tribe, and you think about that old saying, it takes a whole village to raise a child, mm. and that whole that pillar focuses on that. And then we've got the body, which focuses on obviously on vitality, but also, you know, what we put in our bodies, and, um, fitness, how we look after our bodies, but also the connection between the body and the mind. And the concept of tapu, how sacred the body is. And I think that, that brings another core level around what's important as well when we look at different practices that come in value. I think, Mm. I just want to add there, Wermo, as you say that I'm going, oh, wow, our bodies are so precious and so, yeah, precious really is the word, and that we we live in a world where there's very little sense of tapu and to respect ourselves and respect our bodies that are tapu is a really helpful way of thinking about it. Hmm. And I think it's going back to that understanding that we, we are kaitiaki. So Māori, all Māori are born, and a lot of Māori don't know, but we're born as kaitiaki. We're protectors, and we have to be protectors of our land. And our land hmm. is our body. And so it's about knowing that too, is that we've got a responsibility to look after the people. Yeah. It's like our own thing. And I love the concept that we are kaitiaki or protectors and guardians, not only of the land, but of our own bodies. That, that, that's a responsibility, yeah. This is a rich korero to, to be engaging with, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we go on to the hirinaru, the mindset. And I, and I really like the term around positive emotions, kind of experience it as much as we can. And, you know, it's really important, but also looking at pushing through our, our comfort zone. 
understanding the brand, you know, the teenage brand, and how it works, understanding how trauma affects the brand. Um, I mean, you know, lifelong learning, all those aspects are really important. And that's something that I, I try doing more and more of. I keep challenging myself. Like I said earlier, I'm not that comfortable with coming forward, but I know it's really important, so it's a challenge for me, and that's what I'm working And then we've got the Wairua. And Wairua can mean so many different things, but it's in an indigenous sense, it is about our connection, that it is more than just our physical selves. There's, there's two dimensions, there's the spiritual and the physical. Um, it's also about understanding that, that some people do have abilities in, in, in tissue and them, that they can um, that they listen and hear their answers and they need a place where they can have those conversations. Mm. Um, but I put a lot of importance around identity with the way around how someone feels about themselves, around their self-worth and being proud of who they are. And I really like the character strengths element. That I find the character strengths um, is something that's really useful. I mean, I need a lot of students. Uh, so they, they feel like they're not performing in life, they're not achieving what they really set out to achieve. But going back to what's important, it's about you know, who they are. That identity, yeah, yeah. But, it's lovely, as you're talking, I can hear all these connections between the different pillars, you know, that when you are kaitiaki and you're looking after your identity and supporting your wairua, that's what allows you to maybe step more fully into your role as a kaitiaki of your own tinana, your body, and um, and to be more present for others in the, the whanau, in the relationships. Well, one of the concepts in, in Māori and it's not just a Māori woman, Hawaiian too, is the concept of mana. And, and mana and, and the Māori world is in Britain. And then, so when you think about the family quote, doing good for others, the random act of kindness, it's so important mm. that they help build mana. Being uh, hospitable to um, strangers. You know, that goes back to the old ways of, of the marae. Yeah. That when visitors come, we've got to make sure that they feed well and so when they leave, yeah. we really talk about our happy way, you know, and that builds money. So, really looking at how we build money at the mutual aid pillars. And then the other central part, the heartbeat, what I call heartbeat of the marae, which is something that um, I've always been aware of from my, my uncle, who's a kamatua, and he's a teacher from the kids about um, Modi, about the religion. And Māori for me is well then. And so it makes sense that the heart is often of the body is the Māori. Yeah, when you're going energy, well, yeah, yeah the energies are going to get well. And then the ceiling at the roof finally is what I mean. That's all about looking up and making sure that we're always looking up, setting ourselves new goals, and yeah. making sure we set high expectations and energy, put your mind to achieve and I love that feeling that there's that Papatuanuka, our Earth Mother, is at the base, and Ranganui, our Sky Father, is is up. That we are what we are looking up to and aspiring to, and what's also watching over us. It's a. I think there's so many narratives, and you know, Maori traditional Maori, our story tells. Mm. And telling stories is, you know, I think it really helps with interventions with young people. And when you look at the fatty, 
there's actually it's the mother and father, the proper two in the church, but they don't know you know it, but the colours are actually the, the children, the five children. Mm. The Tani is, is through the middle, and this is why you have the ceiling like this. The Tani is that pushing through. So that's the, the start of creation when you when you brought in light, you know, brought in light into the world. And then on the fourth corner place, that all the brothers. And I love what you mentioned, the, you know, the importance of story and how we all we all learn naturally through story. It, it, it works for us as human beings, really, doesn't it? Tell me about how, is that, is that important in the way that you're working with the model in schools, through story? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's easy, especially I've been working with primary school as well, and I think, you know, with primary school kids, it's good to be able to tell stories, because, you know, um, you don't people love stories. And it's one way they really engage with understanding it and understanding themselves. I had a, a program where I took young Naitahu boys out on a journey to, and it was about exploring their cultural identity, and this is part of the reason why what's behind um, me developing this model. And I had a few young boys on it that were definitely disconnected from the culture, but I had one in particular who had been fostered to about eight different homes, didn't know his fucker papa, and he was someone who was actually quite depressed. And so when I met him for the first time at school, um, there were kids that never got in trouble because he wouldn't say boo, but he didn't do any work. He would sit in the back of the classroom and look down. Yeah. And, and just flying below the, the radar. Yeah. Like the radar, like many kids do. And um, but teaching them about the kaitiaki, you know, Papasuanuku, Ramanui, Tane, you know, taking them to the places to look and, and using the storytelling, but talking about it in terms of you know, our kaitiaki, what is our role? You know, here's the story. Mm-hmm. Here's the story of Pongaro, the sea. You know, the sea cleanses itself. So when the sea is moving, what does this mean for us? You know, and what's our responsibility to look after our ocean? So, having those stories, so whenever you come up to me later on in the end of the program, you can sort of change them, you see this confidence that was different without him. And he said that he just loved feeling good, that he loved knowing what he wanted to talk about. Yeah. They didn't know parents, didn't know parents, didn't know their names. Um, but this kaitiaki, you know, the universal fuck-up, is very important. Mm. I think it's important to get those stories We mm. all, I think we all really yearn to belong. Right, that's right. And, and ultimately, um, we all do belong to the earth. And... You know, if if someone has, if there is a rupture and someone is cut away from their whaka papa, they can at least come back to that sense of you belong to Papa Tuanuku. Exactly well. You know, and just yeah, and so those days when you feel lonely. Yeah. And the good thing about that is that you can do it in any way. You know, tough and emotional mind, bring it on. Um, you can do some meditation and you really go on Papa Tuanuku, taking your shoes off and just do their feet and grass and you and I think anything that we can do that is helping our rangatahi to build connection is important, whether it's to Papatuanuku or to each other, to have that yeah. sense of belonging. Yeah. yeah. So, as a counsellor, I was I was amazed by the numbers of young Māori who just had issues around their self worth and belief. Yeah. Only confidence, like like me, like most of yeah, I feel that this dimension is really helping. And tell me, what are you hoping for with your work with this model, with the Māori Ora model? 
Well, I'm hoping to um, get it out there as, as far as I can because it can, you know, it can be in all different health fields, not just only schools, but it can go in any area of health and even sports as well. Um, but yeah, I'd just like to get it out there more. But the ultimate goal is that statistics start tuning around in this country for Māori. Yeah. You know, Māori's new suicide rate it changes. Mm. The health rates change. And ultimately, you know, there's young Māori that are healthier and happier. That's pretty much the ultimate goal of this movement. Mm. But also, knowing too that, you know, Pākehā New Zealand is, um, we're not presented at people 70,000 and they can relate to the Māori themselves and I think upscaling um, not just Māori but all, all different cultures to be able to work with a Māori like this. That's something I'd really like to see. Because yeah. I guess, um, you know, while we know there are a lot of um, Māori rangatahi experiencing that rupture and lack of connection from their cultural identity, I kind of think, yeah, and and there's and Pākehā, yeah. A lot of Pakeha don't even know we've had the rupture from our connection to the earth. You know, that there's there's benefit. Working yeah. in this way will benefit Māori youth, but it will also benefit a lot of Pakeha as well, I think. That's what, that's what I think, I believe, is our country needs to go. We need to go in a bicultural way. We need to really strengthen our Pakeha Māori relationship. Mm. You know, I am a part My mum is European, Irish, and my dad is Māori. So I'm a product of biculturalism and yeah. the Now I've had when I presented, I've had um, European lady company crying and saying they, they really relate to it, they can connect to the middle. I think it's really important that we celebrate our Pakistanis, our Maoris, and our Mexicanis. Yeah, yeah. And tell me, if there was if there was one thing that you would like to see schools doing that you think would make the biggest difference to um, young people's resilience and well-being, especially Māori youth, what would that be? Well, I think I mean, the key word always comes up in a simple word, but it's just a empathy. Just this understanding, you know, knowing about the impacts of colonisation, knowing what young people come with each day at school. Mm. And so being kind with your words, words are powerful. And believe, you know, have, have belief regardless of the student's culture, sex, or ability, just believing that they can do something. Yeah. You know, it makes a difference just that one, one adult, one human, who gets in the corner with a young person. Yeah. And I know, I love the concept of mana-enhancing interactions. If if that could be all of our goals, that the interactions we have with other people are manner enhancing for them, then I think we would we wouldn't stray too far from a good path. Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes back to those the core values of being human, human kindness, isn't it? That, you know, we just need to really care about each other. And um, yeah, I always see teachers as I believe. For the educators, but before then, they should be um, well-being uh, um, facilitators. You know? They should, you know, education. You can't just teach without looking at someone holistically. I don't mm. believe, you know, really understanding who you're working with. Yeah. And, and, 
isn't it interesting, Wiramu, that you know you you come you get to this place from thinking about things in terms of mana and tiao Māori and Māori tikanga and you know, and then there's Nathan Wallace who's coming from a neuroscience piece who says as a teacher he felt he couldn't really teach that his teacher children his students didn't need first and foremost, a teacher. They needed a friendly uncle or dad to connect with them, to make them feel nurtured and cared for. And and whether we, you know, whether we come at it from neuroscience or we come at it from Te Māori and the importance of connection to, um, to Te Māori for Māori students, either way, we're coming to a place of saying that human connection is vital for all of us, for well-being and learning. And we know, you know, like you said, science has been a science proof for that. Yeah. Especially as early years, as you know, with the bone. Yeah. It's really is a very vital. You know, if you're in a home or a community you don't feel sick of love, let's be the school with you at one community. You know, I feel as if school does some great things. It is a saviour for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm just uh, thing has just popped into my head around that thing around belonging. I remember asking um, this beautiful old fire in Auckland. We were talking about when have you felt you really belonged, and she said, "I have never felt I didn't belong." And she talked about her parents instilling that sense in her. And I thought, gosh, what an absolutely fabulous gift to be able to give a child such a strong sense of self and belonging to the earth and the world and their whanau that they always feel they belong and that no one can take that away from them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if we can do more of it, especially in school city, Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, if you, so two questions as we're coming to a close, Wirmu. If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life to support well-being in other people, what would it be? I think professionally, yeah, it would be to keep working with more young people. For me, it's really good for my well you know, being around people yeah. and working with young people. Um, that could be probably the main thing, but getting this model out, it's sort of far-reaching what I think. And then personally for me around well-being, again, it's about being around family, being around people as well. It's you know, something that yeah. I feel I'm the best when around people. Yeah. And what are your strategies for, you know, we all we all have moments when we're not at our best, when we get frustrated or down. What helps turn things around for you then or to help you cope? Yeah, I actually think of, um, I visualise the fire in my mind and to see the house, you know, the, the corner post, ceiling and foundation. And then I think, you know, if I'm not feeling too good, I think what part I'm kind of trying today and then it might be gratitude. And so sometimes in the morning when I wake up, and then I look up at the ceiling and just think about how grateful I am with the ceiling and think about the paint job and who someone's got up there and paint the ceiling. And um, and then I'll have some gratitude and then I might go to Waterworld where I'll have a shower and then I'll have a minute, a minute off to do some mindfulness in the shower. And just have that minute for myself. And I know that there might be part of the missing. Well, it could be that I haven't seen... Keep with people for a while, so I'll go to the family for 
and you know, make sure that they bring someone and go, go and visit another clinic or clinic. Um, often though, it's also fitness. I know that for me, I like to get up in the morning and train early. That gets me going as well, so I think about my tenor, the body. And, um, and when you're heading out, I'm always thinking, am I, am I doing enough? Am I, do I need to read something? Do I need to learn something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm constantly thinking about the fatty which helps me. That's lovely that the fatty is this touchstone for you that you can check in with and see how things are going. That is so lovely. Thank you, Wiramu. And I really, my, my wish really is that you are able to get this model out to as many people as possible and that we can have more and more of our rangatahi um, having this whare as their well-being touchstone as well as their guide that can um, be carried with them. Thank you very much. Thank you for the It's been a pleasure talking with you today, Wiramu, and I hope we get to chat again soon. Kia ora. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. If you'd like to learn more, our book, The Educator's Guide to Whole School Wellbeing, is available from nziwr.co.nz from early 2020. You can also listen to a podcast of this show on oar.org.nz, on nziwr.co.nz, and you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the latest research and practice in school well-being, join us at the Wellbeing in Education Conference in Christchurch from the 2nd to the 4th of April and Auckland from the 6th to the 7th of April 2020. For more information, go to nziwr.co.nz or conference.co.nz forward slash wenz20. Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.